Unlocking the Cage is recorded live on Twitch Sunday nights at 5 p.m. Pacific at Manager's Comedy. Tune in to chat and share your opinions and help us unlock the cage. Thanks for listening and enjoy the show. Whether he's removing his face or not a criminal brain or a historical chase, we love Nicholas Cage. Star of screen and stage, gonna watch him all day while he's a screaming with rage, cause we're unlocking the cage. Hello, everybody. Welcome to another episode of Unlocking the Cage. I am your host, Meg. I'm here with Chris. Chris. Hello. How are you doing? Great. Thanks for asking. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, What's new with you, Chris? Nothing. Uh, What's new with you? (laughs) I do have something today. Oh, that's right. Yes. Um, Just want to show you guys this, which... uh... (laughs) Oops, it's upside down. May look familiar. It is a sequined Nicolas Cage pillow that was sent to me by my mother. Thank you, mom, if you're watching. She also didn't like write anything on the package or tell me it was coming, so I just received this in the mail with no context. Yeah, we have now. The only difference between these two pillows is mine are are black, and hers are white or silver. It's I'm, gold. It's actually gold. Oh, it's gold. Oh, I wish these. Okay, I wish these. These were silver. <laughs> anyway. Like silver. All right, anyway. So not much going on here. Um, we are, all right. So today we are uh, talking about the movie uh, Teen Titans Go to the Movies, as well as a bunch of other random stuff. Um, we, as, as you probably know, this is a podcast. We record live on Twitch, 5 p.m. Pacific time, YouTube.com. I'm sorry, Twitch.com slash Managers Comedy. Old episodes can be found on YouTube.com slash Managers Comedy. Um, and, and just so people uh, understand, the premise of this episode is yes you know teen titans go the movie is not really not really a nick cage film it's a cameo so we're just gathering together all of his cameos into yes. one super episode that's basically all his cameos just yes getting out there thank you for thank you for getting that out. all right let's bring out our guest uh we have a great guest today uh he is the co-host of the 91 donkey lane podcast nate lopez oh i screwed oh, up that's this. not nate hold on and that's oh now there's two nates guys guys this is what you call i have to play a little little shuffle game with the there we go we've got him here how's oh, it going nate gonna put What's that going on my checklist woof oh, oh it's going well thank you for having me i appreciate it thanks for joining us um so uh I, so one of the things we usually check in with our guests is like, um, about like, like we, what is your Nick Cage ex- background? Like, are you a huge Nick Cage fan? Have you seen a ton of his movies? Are you just sort of here because we asked you to do the show or what? I genuinely love Nick Cage. I feel like he's like, uh, he, like he's so weird, you know, none of his characters, even his straight down the road characters are just these freaking weirdos, you know, mm. I really like that. He makes bad movies really fun. Like I, my biggest hot take is Moonstruck would be terrible without Nick Cage. I think he makes that movie. He he levels up Cher. He levels up everybody in that movie. I I freaking love Nick Cage. I'm gonna uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna remember that we're watching that in two weeks. I, I, uh, neither, neither Chris nor I have actually seen it yet, so yeah. looking forward oh, to that. Oh man, it's a banger! It's so so good. I <laughs> that movie, but uh, it's one of my favorites, and he is phenomenal in it. He really really makes Cher work. It's great. <laughs> but uh, so I, I I knew Nick Cage from like the 90s because I grew up in the Con Air rock era, right? So I knew that Nick Cage. I didn't know like I knew a little bit about Raising Arizona. I didn't touch. I didn't really w- watch any of his new stuff when it first came out. So my Nick Cage is that prime action Cage. That's what I was raised on. But my favorite Nick Cage is weirdo prosthetic nose guy. I think that's <laughs> just the best. <laughs> <laughs> This is a perfect segue. So yeah, so we're going to be talking about, as Chris said, a couple of his cameos in different movies, as well as the the bigger movie, uh, Teen Titans Go to the Movies. So let's 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 get right into it. Um, so I'm just gonna we're just gonna watch the cameo from Never on Tuesday, which is our first movie. It's a minute long, a little less than that. And uh, I'll I, 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 yeah, let's just start with that. All right, here we go. How you doing? Is anybody hurt? No, everybody's fine. Did I give somebody a lift? No, man, that's all right. Uh, got everything under control. 
Well, that was crying. <laughs> that I don't know what I just saw. What was that even? <laughs> so let me give you a little quick background on the movie. I probably should have done before we took the clip. Uh, this movie's from 1989. It was straight to video. The premise of it is that um, two men hit a woman named Tuesday's car. So this is never on Tuesday is the title of the movie. The woman is Tuesday. Uh, <laughs> Get that out right away. It deserves a boo and it should be booed forever. The woman Tuesday is a lesbian. She's very attractive and they um, like her a lot and they try to seduce her on the side of a road. Like they're just, the whole movie's on the side of the road and then they just have cami like people pulling up and talking to them over and over again. And so the people that they have pulling up are all, a lot of them are famous actors. So we have like Carrie Elwes, I might be saying his name wrong, uh, Emilio Estevez, Judd Nelson, Charlie Sheen, Gilbert Godfrey. Um, this and movie that's, that's the movie. is ripe to be turned oh. into an improv game. Like, it's <laughs> <laughs> Park Bench. Oh. So, like, I watched that, and I, I truly thought I was getting trolled. I, I didn't think that was a real thing. But I just started reading as much as I could. Apparently, Carrie Elwes' brother, I think it is, wrote and directed it, mm-hmm. and he started asking people he knew. And Nick Cage is like, yeah, I'll do it if I can wear a nose and a wig. <laughs> it's so cool. He shows up with this nose, puts on a wig, does this voice, does two takes, then goes home. It's just the most <laughs> thing ever. And for, for, for the context in his career, uh, this is so 1989 is right after Raising Arizona and Moonstruck. So right after he's, you know, had his like first couple big hits. And then the same year as Vampire's Kiss, which is, I mean, it, yeah, the basically the one of the first movies where he just goes full weirdo. Um, so it's right around the time that he's just like, what if I just, you know, do everything super surreal? Um, and this is just another example of him sort of finding his voice in that way. I love, I, I like, I, I talk, I talk a lot with my roommate about we have these dumb conversations, you know, we've been in the same house for like two years now, but I feel like he's almost like an avant-garde style actor at this point. It, like he just, that's the weirdest choice. All of those choices are the worst choice you can make and it doesn't work and it's stupid and it's in the movie, you know, we're <laughs> like, yeah, it's Nick Cage, you know, we just accept it and move on. I don't, I don't know who else could get away with that. Maybe no. Bill Murray. <laughs> and you you sent us this. I, so I actually did watch this video you sent, Nate, um, which was uh, called Deeper Dumb, I think. It was uh, yeah. by uh, Wisecrack. Oops. Sorry, I didn't mean to actually play it. Yeah. Anyway, if you if you guys Google Nicolas Cage's acting is a Deeper Dumb Wisecrack edition, there's this great video that really dug into a lot. Chris and I just watched it before the show. Yeah. That really summed him up. I I was surprised that a YouTube uh, like all this stuff we've kind of been getting to with going through all these movies that really kind of explains so much about him. So I I, I kind of have a yeah, lot more respect for him. Uh, I, I really do. Like uh, people like he's such a joke to our like uh, especially like our generations. You know, he's really kind of this joke actor at this point. But yeah, like he's doing things in movies that. You don't see, you know, we can, I think that's really impressive. I'd take a million of him over a Johnny Depp, you know, it's, he bring he makes it interesting. I think, I don't know. I'm a big fan. I like Nick Cage. It's interesting to look at him and think it's all on purpose rather than he's just doing it because he's fucking up or he's shitty at acting. It's or he's like, genuinely crazy himself, you know? Yeah. It's like, he's doing it all on purpose. So like, there's some kind of reasoning behind it. It's like, all right, I don't know. And there'd be re- when you went bankrupt because you bought too many castles? Yeah. I don't know. <laughs> you know. That's true. He, he does have a lot of stuff in his personal life that makes it seem like he is a little bit unhinged. <laughs> for sure. He's made some interesting financial choices, as we know. Yes, he um, I did want to share a little bit more about the, the, um, the, there, I found an interview with him about this cameo because I think maybe two years ago, the cameo went viral. I think people hadn't looked at it in a while and they were like, Whoa, okay, this is out there. Um, but so basically the character was written as this like sleazy guy who had a Ferrari and wanted to hit on a girl and pick her up. Right. And he was like, nah, I'm not going to do that. Um, so he's like, he, he, he himself obviously was like, I want to give this guy, you know, a long nose, like he said, um, his backstory is that he was bullied as a kid and called Pinocchio in the schoolyard. Um, and his father felt bad at him, bad for him. So that's where the Ferrari came from because dad bought him the Ferrari. 
Um, and he's very lonely. So when he sees people on the side of the road, he just wants to see if they're okay. Um, and at some point, in when they were filming it, he started screaming Pinocchio, Pinocchio, like over and over again, <laughs> but they cut it. <laughs> uh, this is reminding me of uh, Caster Troy because he was like, yeah, um, his remember he came up with the backstory that he was he was a criminal because his, his dad made him wear a dress one time. Like, I'm wondering, <laughs> like, how many of these backstories just go back to childhood, like people making fun of you as a child? <laughs> You know, like maybe we've gone too far with method acting. I don't know. <laughs> Got to be a line, right? <laughs> I don't know if that guy needed a backstory. I'm gonna go ahead and say it. <laughs> if he started to scream Pinocchio, it would have been right up there with like uh, what's it called with the uh, Vampire's Kiss? I think in terms of craziness, this one little. Scene. Oh, what? Yeah, I, yeah. I I think if that if that clip we just watched, if it was in uh, better definition. That would be more famous than the other clip, I think. I think it's just too blurry for us. Get, yeah. get, get the, the film, digitize it, remaster <laughs> it, re-release it. That'll have a renaissance, that friggin', that friggin' movie. There we go. Come on, scientists. Let's go. Let's have it. <laughs> I wonder if you can even watch that movie if you wanted to, if it's out there. I mean, the highest resolution on, on YouTube was the lowest... Th- resolution like it was lower than vcr resolution i don't even know what the hell that is so i'm pretty sure that was taped right off a tv because it was never released on vhs is what i remember reading so that was probably taped right off the screen oh my god it must be a real shitty movie i i I mean i don't know (laughs) let's see i mean the plot is captivating you guys it takes place on the side of the road that's who wants to watch triple a Movie. <laughs> Give right. them credit for uh you know using their budget. <laughs> Two out of five stars. All right, here's a question for you, Meg. Did they know she yeah. was a lesbian the whole time, or is that the twist ending? Uh that's a great question. I did not research the movie to that depth, but I feel like if they knew she was a lesbian the whole time yet continued to hit her on the side of the road, that'd be a very unwatchable movie. It'd be like kind of hey, it was 1989. That very well could have been that movie. That's Wait, isn't true. that kind of the plot of Chasing Amy? It's been a while since I've yeah, watched it. Well, she's not. She's kind of self-admits to be like kind of bi, not 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 just gay. Oh God, I think right. I forget. I think so. Yeah, yeah. She's. I think she's gay, but she likes to dabble in men. I think is her her uh, the way she puts it. But I don't know. It's a. It's. I was reading the synopsis of Never on Tuesday, and another game we like to play is, or I like to play is, so was this movie written by a dude? <laughs> and like, as soon as you get to lesbian, it's a dude. It's always a dude, right? It's always a dude. She's a hot lesbian, and she's stuck on the side of the road. <laughs> okay, thanks, guy. Uh, yeah, it's it was, and it was written by Adam Rifkin. Hmm. Uh, who has a lot of credits, but none of which I've ever heard of. No offense to him. So he's got a blog. <laughs> he's he's got a lot of movie credits. That's Bikini wild. Island, Bikini Squad, The Nut House, Psycho Cop Two. <laughs> okay. Psycho Cop Two. Uh, man. Oh, I, I gotta Google this one. Okay, the movie is called Getting High. H A I getting H A I. What is that? Oh my goodness. Getting high. It's it's not even Googleable. I can't find anything. <laughs> you know what drives me nuts about finding out stuff like this? I know I have to get up early in the morning tomorrow to go to my terrible job. You know, and <laughs> this guy, Adam Rifkin, is writing Bikini Squad 3. What a dick. <laughs> Man, to be Adam Rifkin in the 80s. Be, what a life. <laughs> That's that would be a great movie just to watch, like Adam Rifkin in the eighties, and it's just like <laughs> shitty. There's no, there's no like, there's no happy ending because it's like he just shitty movie idea, shitty movie idea, cocaine, 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 and then it's the end of the movie. <laughs> like, why did I watch it? That was terrible. There's my like, Adam Rifkin. <laughs> yeah, it's like ah, oh, that explains it. Adam Rifkin. Where can I watch this movie? Nowhere. <laughs> it's not available. But I got Nick Cage and Carrie Elwes cousin in it, so yeah. you know. <laughs> Oh, I'm yeah, just yeah. wondering if, um, okay. Yeah. Cause I, uh, if he's, he, I was looking at his most recent one. 
it's called reality show or one of the most recent ones is a tv show called reality show that he also stars in wait what called reality show it's a tv show called reality is show. it a reality show called reality show or is it just a reality show i think it's scripted but it's yeah it's scripted it's about oh a guy God. who um who uh puts it he's a reality show producer who puts a family under surveillance without their knowledge but the family is boring so the producer starts to meddle with them everything unravels in a big way with shocking consequences so scary truman show i oh, hope so he directed detroit rock city and sm- oh he wrote small soldiers what oh okay all right so he's had some movies that have gotten and reality show i guess is on tv now oh no i mean yeah. detroit rock genuinely enjoyable that's that's a that's a fun movie it's not smart but it's fun oh man he wrote the movie with charlie sheen the chase do you remember this movie is that with christy swanson they're driving the yep oh my goodness he wrote that film (laughs) wow i wonder if he's a right wing nut then because charlie sheen and christy swanson are both uh like weirdos on the political spectrum aren't they i know christy swanson is really buffy Really? Yeah, yeah, yeah. She's kind of crazy, man. Oh man, that I remember. We have a comment from the audience that is the chase rules. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, is that is that Jenny? Hold on. No, it's Brendan. Brendan. If it's if it's a if it's a deep cut movie comment, it's likely to be Brendan. Well, I figured it might have been Jenny because Jenny loved Gone in sixty seconds. There's a car in that movie, so I don't know. That's true. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you to our audience for watching. And I remember the end of the chase is the best ending of a movie. Because it's it's just they flash forward to uh, Charlie Sheen on a beach in Mexico with a big fake mustache on. He's like hiding from the law. I don't know. Him and that mustache was just hilarious. So bad. Wasn't it? I'm trying to remember. Was it a Hulk Hogan or was it the handlebar? I cannot because I can picture both. I'm, I'm not sure. I'm, I'm going to get a screen grab of this thing. <laughs> Yeah, I, I do remember watching that movie, and I remember falling in love with Christy Swanson in that one. It was, she was so, wonderful. Who is Christy? Is Christy Swanson the original Buffy? Is that that's what you're saying? Uh, yep, she's the original Buffy, and then The Chase. That's all I really know her from. I know she did more, but those are the only two things I cared about. Oh, she's very pretty. She's been in a lot of things. Uh, was she in Mannequin 2? She was in Man- Mannequin 2. Yes. Not Mannequin oh, 1. Yeah, I had a huge crush on Christy Swanson. It's very disappointing to find out that she's a uh, crazy right-wing nut job. So that's not- Yeah, she uh, she posted weird stuff on Twitter like four or five years ago. You know, it's so... Oh, okay. So you know, might, what do you might, have to do? Okay. Yeah, I don't know what she is now. I, I'm sorry. I made it sound like she was a QAnon. I don't know. I know that like four or five years ago in the Obama years, she was she really didn't like Obama. Oh, she's very much... A, her pinned tweet is a picture of her with Trump. <laughs> so she's just consistent okay good all, all right. right yeah let's let's uh let's go to the next movie uh so because we we do have a what's it called uh a few other things all right so our next uh cameo that we're going to look at is from the movie grindhouse and i'm gonna give you guys the background on it before we look at the movie this time uh so you guys can just react to the cameo so uh i assume you guys saw grindhouse a while ago i know krista did you see that nate do you remember i actually didn't see death proof though i've only oh, weird i didn't see planet terror i only I just saw never. planet terror that was it okay so together we saw the full movie <laughs> I, yeah <laughs> Um, so this- both, <laughs> you know, I think that's the best way I can describe them is they're fine. Yeah, they're all right. They're not. Like- <laughs> so this was 2007. Um, it was uh, uh, basically so Grindhouse was Robert Rodriguez, I think, um, was the main guy running it. Yes. Uh, and so he basically it was sort of a tribute to what's known as like Grindhouse movies, which were sort of. Uh, in the 70s like low budget horror movies they played in grindhouse theaters um and they um you know had a very specific aesthetic and so they sort of remade or not remade but sort of like uh i'm trying to explain this is not in my area of expertise um but like they they it's like a quentin tarantino slash robert rodriguez lots of stuff people get killed you know kind of stuff the so so just before we play the cameo, the, the context for this is that there are these two movies that make up the Grindhouse movie, um, which are Planet Terror, Death Proof, and then in the middle there's a bunch of trailers for fake movies. Um, I have only seen this one trailer, and then there's another. There's like an Edgar Wright trailer too, which I saw just the other night. 
Um, and this movie is called Werewolf Women of the SS. Uh, it's directed by Rob Zombie. The, the fake trailer is directed by Rob Zombie. And uh, that's, I, just, I think we should play it. All right. And Nicolas Cage as Fu Manchu. I wanted Cinnabar. Cinnabar! To my liking! This is my bedtime! <laughs> okay. So that's part of a much longer trailer uh, that is mostly about uh, werewolf Nazi women. Yeah, and nudity. It's just mostly nudity. Yeah. <laughs> Good thing we got the one part with no nipples as per Twitch's... Uh... Oh, I didn't even think of that. Yeah, mm. I forget about that all the time. <laughs> so, uh, like, something something that both of these have in common, I think, is, like, just prime Nick, right? He always, ha- he always does something stupid to his hair. He's got the worst hair in the world. Like, if you look at his normal haircut, it's very thin, and then it just gets fuller. Like the mm-hmm. more back go, the more full it gets, you know? It's so that's like base. So that's a weird place to start. But the first one he had that that terrible wig that goes straight down. Then this one he's got the Fu Manchu with the ter- it's so you have to have terrible facial hair. You have to have a terrible laugh. Both of these laughs are awful laughs. Like if I heard someone laugh like both of these, I would assume they were insane or I was in Dunkin' Donuts, you know? It was one <laughs> of those two. And then the costume. The costume never makes sense. It's just always the weirdest choice. I, I think these are both perfect Nick Cage cameos. You get everything you want out of both of them. I mean, this is a real meaty one. It's got it's got a lot of yelling. He says some non sequitur about Cinnabar. Uh, the woman ringing the gong at the beginning is his yeah. wife, Alice Kim Cage. Uh, I don't know. I don't think they're still married, but at the time they were mm-hmm. married. I thought he said cinnamon. I prefer Auntie Annie's, but you know, maybe I'm <laughs> I'm old school. So what were you saying? You were saying something? so. The whole idea, Grindhouse, for a second. I gotta I gotta complain about this movie for a minute, please. I saw this in the, and I thought it was like I'm at the time I was a giant Quentin Tarantino fan because you know we were douchebags in the 2010s, right? That's what we yeah. did, and I thought it was gonna be awesome. The entire experience took about five hours. <laughs> And by the third hour, when you're watching, because he has like, they had like eight of these stupid fake previews in the middle of this. When you're on the sixth one, it just, it all starts becoming nonsense. And um, I, we were there with like seven of my friends. I was in the Navy and I was the only one who made it to the end. All my other friends left. <laughs> it was just, it was not a good experience in the theater. So, you know, it, it was just, not good. It was literally five hours long. When you watch the whole thing, because they put the movies back to back. Each yeah. movie is about two hours long. An hour of these stupid previews in the middle. Because each of these previews is about two to si- two to six minutes, you know, and there was like eight of them. It was just, it was too much, you know, it's just way too much. It's also like a lot of graphic, graphic, over the top shit to watch for five solid hours. Like you walk out of there kind of like your mind's a little messed up, you know? Yeah, I, I don't I don't know. So I remember my memory of Death Proof was that yeah. it was like yeah. kind of a fun concept. Like there was some pretty graphic violence in it, but I remember the whole like, you know, group of stunt women getting revenge on a guy in the stunt car thing. Like was like I thought I thought that was actually kind of fun. And I remember liking it at the time, but uh, I don't know what Planet Terror is about. Is that the one where Rose McGowan has a machine gun for a leg? Yeah, I I think of the two, Death Proof is the one worth watching again. Yeah. Uh, Planet Terror, just it's fine, you know. But if you don't like t- Quentin Tarantino, though, then I don't recommend Death Proof. Yeah, <laughs> it's nothing but bare feet and cars. Yeah, uh, yeah, th- this one <laughs> especially, uh, I think. This I'm seeing a theme here, and it's I think he probably just improvised this. I don't know if he actually had maybe they had a character name in mind or something like that, but it looks like they well, just edited together some of his nonsense. Like he was probably just doing a bunch of random shit, and they just cut it together to something. Well, I mean, the character name is Fu Manchu. So I mean, do you, you guys know the the I, I I had to look this up. So um, Fu Manchu is sort of like a 
like an open source character at this point. Um, he's sort of used as like a evil, like genius, like Chinese man um, who looks like Satan. Um, and I think he's he was in the 60s. He was played by Christopher Lee, who is a white man. Um, and that's, you know, the famous mustache beard situation. Huh? Um, so like he's sort of like... Like, I feel like in the, the character has been used in the past as sort of like a, a proxy for people being afraid of like Asian people, basically. Like that's that's sort of the history of that. So I think the character yep. was certainly predefined and like the choice to make him played by Nicolas Cage was certainly on purpose. Are you sure? Like, he, my first he... thought was like, this is very racist. And then, and then I was like, oh no, this is racist on purpose, I think. <laughs> Are you sure he didn't say Cinnabon and not Cinnabar? <laughs> Like you sure it wasn't. I, I like maybe he just came in there and he was just like, "All right, let him go." And then they just cut whatever they could together, which is him laughing and him talking about Cinnabon. I don't know. When he was just yelling at a PA. Yeah, he was just like, "I told you I wanted Cinnabon," and I, that's what it sounded like to me. I don't know. Hey, I didn't. So I forgot that you yeah, were in the cool. Navy. And yeah, dude. Now yeah, I'm like, I was on a- dude. Like I wish you were around for me. I mean, or maybe it'd probably be a bad thing if you were around. I don't know. For USS oh, Indianapolis, yeah. men of courage, because that was, oh. <laughs> and you, because you were, you were like specifically were on submarines, right? Am I remembering that right? Yes, I was. I was the, on the Los Angeles out of Pearl Harbor. Yeah, so the, 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 we uh, definitely should yeah, have so, on that movie. <laughs> but then you would have had to, to watch home. it. <laughs> Military Nick Cage to me is just. He, like Nick Cage has these two switches, right? He's either on or he's off. And like I, we're, we get that in the cameos because he is so off in Teen Titans Go compared to everything else, right? But the military Nick Cage is, it's a special kind of like, he's always, Roy, okay. You know, and he's like always straight and narrow. He's always the best guy in the room, but he's also perpetually angry, right? It's just... He makes the weirdest choices when he's in the military. I love it. I just love Nick. I, I'm gonna. I'm gonna keep saying this. I love Nick Cage. <laughs> just gonna. I think I might have figured out what's going on. Here. I think there's like a slight delay uh, between us and uh, Nate. That might be it. Mm. Hold on. All right, Nate. Uh-huh. Let's let's try to count down from three together. Okay. Oh yeah. That, oh, that you know what? I'm watching delay. down in that corner. Could it? Could it be? Yeah. A- yeah. I think I am delayed. That's so weird, huh? Could it be a clipping thing, Chris? No, no. I, I think there's a big time delay. That's all. But do you think there's do you think there's a clipping thing as well? Maybe. I think probably if there is a clipping thing, it's 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 maybe some kind of a, a noise filter that that's. I mean, I had him turn his mic down too low, perhaps, and it's mm-hmm. uh, it's 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 cutting out lower lower sound. Right. Anyway, let's, I'll let's try to edit this one. stuff out. <laughs> let's let's go to the next one. Do you guys have any other thoughts on uh, ah. Fu Manchu? Nick Cage, Grindhouse, all that shit. Uh, uh, unnecessary. <laughs> I, I, uh, I, I, I do, I do enjoy that. Like a choice was made, and it was doubled down on. And so this is, I mean, I think it's interesting. It's going to be interesting to talk about this. These two cameos versus so our movie that we're talking about, Teen Titans Go to the Movies, um, where Nick Cage is pretty subdued in his vocal performance. I would say. Like you're not looking like you like you could easily watch this movie and be like not even notice that it's him, right? Like it, 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 when I saw it on the list, right? Because I, I have seen Teen Titans go many many times. I've got kids and we watch the TV show, so we've seen the movie quite a bit. And you know, I, I thought that Superman was in it more. I think I led you guys astray actually, so I apologize. For that. <laughs> like, no, I think uh, you know it was it was it was enough that it would have been hard to just cut out his his lines in it. You know? Yeah. Are you uh, so so? Are, are, is this the segue into Teen Titans or do we have? Yes, it is. Yeah. Okay. All right. Because uh, I was gonna say, uh, yeah. So Teen Titans. Uh, something about this movie that I just want to talk about is why the fuck does Robin have no relationship with Batman and, and Batman and him never talk once? What's going on in this freaking movie? So can I, I? I don't mind explaining Teen Titans Go to you guys. Jeez. I this is a it's a cartoon, obviously on uh, Cartoon Network. Um, it's purely comedy, and it's uh, the same cast as the original Teen Titans TV show, right? So you had this great Teen Titans show that was super serious, super dark, uh, related to Batman. It was a great, great cartoon. They went off the air for a year, retooled everything, and it came back as this stupid 
kids cartoon and like the fan base just exploded they hated it so much you guys turn around a couple years and cartoon network ratings from t titans go are like triple what they were for the old show so they just keep it so the joke in this is that robin got tired of working with batman he left because he never got credit he got his own team together and now this is the teen titans go and batman is an immature dick in this world so it's pretty great <laughs> i so the I, yeah. the original cartoon i think i saw some clips on that so like they're more like they're more adults right like they look a little bit more anime and they've got like normal sized bodies versus like tiny child yeah abstract they, they have episode to episode uh interpersonal like you know their the vague attractions for each other happens that raven has like mental problems then she's like you know losing her mind to the darkness or some shit you know uh cyborg I think he has some existential shit with his cyborgness. Uh-huh. So it's not like it's not like this at all. It is like, you know, there it's much more realistic for a superhero show. Like as if it were like Superman, the Justice League, those those th- of that era, the, all those cartoons that were coming out at the same time. Uh, it was it was part. It was one of those. And then yes, they, they, it would absolutely fit in that block, one hundred percent. And then so they gave it. Like somebody who watched so much Dexter's Lab and so much Powerpuff Girls that they became Gendy Tartoski or whatever. And then that person merged this show with that. And then also, you know, hefty dose of ADHD and you get this show. (laughs) Like, you know. So so this this movie, um, just a little more about this movie. So this movie like actually did really well. Uh, in the box office, like it was made for 10 million and made 52 million. Um, it got really good, like pretty good reviews. Um, like the general consensus is like, you know, it has a lot of like adult humor, like not adult humor, but like <laughs> jokes that adults can appreciate. Right. Um, and, uh, I, uh, yeah, I, I'm just going to say, Nate, I apologize. Like I had a lot of trouble with this one. <laughs> um, like, <laughs> I didn't hate the story. I didn't hate the voice actors. I didn't hate the jokes. I thought they were funny. I just visually could could not physically watch this. So I was sort of like looking down. Like I was just like taking a lot of brain breaks. Yeah. It's ugly. It's an ugly cartoon. Like the but, character in the city, it's ugly. It's not even it's not even ugly. It's just for for me, at least, it's just so bright, so many flashing lights, so much going on. It was um like I, I, had, I had like I literally just had a lot of trouble like my brain processing it. Like I think it's left over from like a concussion I got four years ago, <laughs> three years ago. What so what did you guys think of it? I, I know I mean Nate, I know you'd seen it before. So like, what was your take on it rewatching the movie in general? Um, I think for me, I, without spoiling uh, a pretty great part, do we spoil the movies? Yes, in this? Oh, yeah, please yeah, go yeah. ahead. Spoil yeah. away. I think having Robin push Batman's parents into Crime Alley yeah. was... It's funny. That made me laugh harder than almost any movie ever has. The first time I saw that, I had to pause. It was so funny when he goes back and, like, they have to they have to re-blow up Krypton. They have to kill Batman's parents. That's such a stupid, stupid nonsense sequence. And I don't know. Like, any movie that makes me laugh that hard, I think, is it's a winner to me. <laughs> This this movie does not have cause and effect, like causality past one step in any direction, and no, nothing they do has any real cause for it, and nothing they do actually causes anything else to happen. So like like when he stops Batman's you know parents are being murdered, that should have stopped him from being Robin, but it didn't. <laughs> he was still Robin even though there was no Batman, which made no fucking sense. But this movie, you know, I, I I'm, I'm I'm really that's come on, I shouldn't really be putting this kind of microscope to this film my favorite part they were they were drowning aquaman how does that happen i don't understand how aquaman was getting hurt with a little plastic thing i didn't none of that made sense either the part that i was like god damn it was uh when they all took successive shits in the set toilet And I'm like, what are they dropping logs? Because there's no way to flush it. On top of other logs, just piling the logs up. They see a shit in the toilet. They just take another shit on it. And then they just drove that poop joke into the ground. Just like 
into the freaking ground, you know? I want to clarify if for the people that have not seen this, this is not Chris doing a bit. This is a genuine thing that happened in the movie is they pooped in a non-functioning toilet. Many of them did. Four different characters, one after another. <laughs> and they really, you're right. They stayed in that joke for so long. Uh, it's like, yeah, we get it. He did a poop joke. Also, does Cyborg poop? I don't know, but he did that time. He pooped in the toilet. <laughs> The the part that stood out to me, uh, I mean, there's a lot is um, at some point they have Michael Bolton show up as like, I don't even remember, like a bear or something and sing a feel good song. And then they run him over with their car. And that's it. It's He's just dead. literally they run over over the character with the car. Keep going. It never comes back. <laughs> Like they kill him. They kill him. I think somebody says, somebody says like, oh, he's dead. And then they keep going. (laughs) Cyborg, it's his line at that point. He goes, oh, he's dead. I think his dad's a cop. And they drive away. (laughs) (laughs) Was Michael Pullen's dad a cop in real life? Because they did those kind of, oh, God. I hope so. I really hope he is. It is not a badly written movie. That's, I will say that for sure. It's not a badly written movie. The voice acting is great. Um, It's just... With one exception, I think. I think one exception. Yes. There's one voice in it, and we're going to talk about him. Oh, is that <laughs> is that Nicholas Cage? His performance. I'm going to be honest. Let's uh, let's bring like up the it. clip. Let's uh, let's watch what is not all of his performance in this movie, but a good chunk of it. It's like forty percent of his performance. <laughs> it's always been my dream to have my. Oh, I've edited this way down, by the way, okay. to get to get more Nick Cage. So there's less Titans, more Cage. So if it's choppy, it's not the movie. Yeah. My own movie. Well, it is important to have dreams, I guess. What do you mean by that? Well, you know, they only make movies about real heroes. You guys are goofsters. You know, with the farts. Always cracking your jokes. You mean people think we're jokes? Why do you think there's never been a movie made about you? Well, has there been a movie about you? So many, and more to come. It took a while, but yeah, I have my own now. There was a Green Lantern movie, but we don't we don't talk about that. Problem is, you guys are never actually doing anything heroic. Man, please, that ain't true. What about that time we discovered that sweet diner? That wasn't even a crime, and you didn't save anything. Titans, if you keep playing the fool, you'll never be seen as real heroes, only as jokes. Got him! Somebody save me. Anyway, we gotta get going. Ta-ta! What a flat and uninspired performance. <laughs> right? I don't, his son is named Kal-El, you guys. He named yeah. his son Kal-El Cage. I don't understand how he turns in that performance. I I was shocked when I heard that, you know, uh, well, this second time. I didn't, I ignored it the first time because I didn't know that was Nick Cage, you know? Yeah. Uh, looking at the, looking at the animation, I wonder if the person who did Fairly Odd Parents had something to do with this one because the, the characters do look a lot the same, unless it's just an influence kind of thing, but. Yeah. This is a uh, hand-drawn, by the way. Oh, it uh, is? Yes. That's it, cool. If you look in the background, uh, the city in the back is actually, it can be kind of cool sometimes, There, the way the uh, uh, scenery is back there. That makes me feel a lot better about this movie, this hand-drawn. You know what else, too? If you look at it through the lens of when that first opening thing when Daffy Duck comes out, it is kind of just silly like a Looney Tunes cartoon. It's not, like, meant to be, you know, Yeah, yeah. They're not the target audience, you know? Yeah. I think... I think we we should, we should give it, it. definitely gets credit. I think I'm. Sure, I mean, what do your kids think of the movie? Uh, so we genuinely love it. You know, uh, uh, it really follows. If you watch the show, it's it tracks right along with that. You know, they're always this silly. They have a they have a whole arc in the show where uh, they're the uh, cyborg has a favorite song and they spend three episodes. So it's an hour long show. Uh, tracking down the band who wrote the song. When they find the band, a magical thing happens. They end up in one of those like metal worlds, you know, when they had those old, like where it's like cars in the wasteland and you're listening to heavy metal music and it's the cartoon thing. Do you guys, do you guys ever, you know what I'm talking about yeah. there? Yeah. Yeah. I think so. But they have this arc in the show where they do. Yeah. So it, it's nonsense and it tracks pretty well. So my kids loved it. I, I really do like that movie. It's so stupid. But <laughs> I want to play Titans. I want to play the scene where they save Krypton just to kind of like show what Meg was talking about with the 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 animation is sometimes and I'm going to give the audience a seizure warning on this one cuz it is really bright and flashy. Uh so if you have a seizure disorder, watch out. Like this is what most of the movie just kind of switches around so fast. 
not fun. Not <laughs> <Having> fun. <laughs> Whoa, 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 whoa. Shit. We're getting banned for that one. <laughs> I don't think I caught that the first time around. I, it's just, that comes out of nowhere. Like, first uh, off, the, Krypton explodes. This famous scientist can't figure it out. These guys go, hold on. We're going to, like, out of nowhere, they're synchronizing. Anyway, I'm putting too much, you know what I mean? <laughs> I'm holding too high a bar to this movie. <laughs> Yeah, it's go ahead. I don't know. I I do like how, and I think they kind of like they bring it up. There's a lot of references to how bad DC movies are in this movie, mm -hmm. and I really enjoy the fact that they're like, "Hey, we're just gonna we're gonna do whatever we want because you know it's the Zack Snyder verse. You got to have some fun in this universe." And I really enjoy how much they pick on their own uh, the whole DC thing. Plus, I mean calling the main bad guy Deadpool every time they talked to him was so funny. That is so funny, especially if you know the whole story and the like behind uh, uh, Slade and Deadpool. It's just so damn funny that I, I really enjoy it. Wait, is there like a, a, a story behind that? Or like they like the same character? Marvel ripped him right off, just ripped him off. Uh, wow. So Slade, if you notice like Deadpool's name is Wade Wilson, you know, Slade, it's just, it's a complete rip off of the character. Like the guy who wrote it at DC, got mad at DC, went to Marvel and they just ripped him off, named him Deadpool. <laughs> so it's like, he's not an original character in the slightest. That's funny. <laughs> Wait, and his, that uh, Slade's got a different name though. Also it's uh, Deathstroke, right? Yes, Deathstroke. Oh, yep, stroke, his name is Deadpool. Very similar. Oh, swimming uh, stroke. Oh <laughs> no, it's so fucked up. Pool. Ah, oh, that's crazy. Isn't it amazing? Like his name's Slade Wilson, Jade Wilson, oh. Wade Wilson. It's. I love it. I love how petty comic book writers are. It's the greatest. There was a lot of stuff that was funny about this movie because this movie feels like a, a movie for very little kids, but. Then they throw in things that are like way too like open face nods to like, you know, these these very little kids have probably seen Deadpool, which is reality, right? Little kids end up seeing these like things they're not supposed to see. So they're like, yeah, we'll reference yeah. Deadpool, even though it's like not a kid's movie at all. It's an R-rated film. Like, these little, so it's weird, but it's reality. Well, what they have to realize, I mean, I appreciate it because uh, I have to sit through all these cartoons, right? You know, and I like it when they're actually, you know, when they're fun, when they try to entertain an adult. You know, I can, there's some out there, like the Croods. Oh, there's, you couldn't get me to watch that movie for a million dollars. Oh, we're going to watch it. We're going to get somebody to watch that movie. Uh-oh, the Croods. <laughs> It's fine. It's fine. It's a, it's a good movie, right? But I'd never. You know, you know Nicolas Cage is in it, right? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. There's yeah. three of them now, too. So, oof. Yeah, it's. I don't know. I, I think. I think that's why I do appreciate Teen Titans because yes, they start with a fart joke. I mean, it's a and it's too long, right? Oh, if you are into bathroom humor, don't watch this movie. This is the but, only movie I've ever seen to somebody like stick on a fart joke, double down, triple down, <laughs> for an extended period of time. That's twice they do that in the movie. It's just, God. They also repeat the same song twice, same lyrics uh -huh. and everything, which is like interesting, <laughs> interesting choice. Yeah. I, I, it really feels like it was written by three comedians who wrote one draft, did one Passover, said, eh, it's good, it's funny, this is a good movie, then like took no notes. Yeah. <laughs> just and one guy was like, hey, I'm going to go punch this up. Let me just add some shit. <laughs> <laughs> oh no i took a shit in the set toilet oh no i did it too like that's all <laughs> you know they're sitting there smoking weed it's 4 a.m they're eating cheetos and they're all killing each other and then raven shits on the shit <laughs> seth rogan wrote this film it's very possible <laughs> So, so, so specifically the Nicolas Cage performance in this, like, feels like we're all kind of like, it's a little flat. It's, uh, you know, I mean, it, it's, he, he says ta-ta in a funny way. That's about all I remember about it. He calls them jokesters. jokesters. Yeah. Goose a couple times. Goosters. Yeah. It's, it's fine. I don't it's know. Fine. It felt like he recorded it in like 10 minutes and left. So let's, let's, uh, 
let's pivot over to uh, the history of Nick Cage playing Superman because part of the the interesting thing behind this movie outside of the context of, you know, the Teen Titans franchise is just the context of Nick Cage's career. So Nick Cage is obviously obsessed with Superman. As Nate said, his son is named Kal-El. He's a big comic book nerd. He has wanted to play Superman for so long. Uh, this is the first time he plays Superman. I'm pretty sure Nick Cage is one of the world's only owners of a mint, like, action comics number one. Whoa. I think he's the few people that has one of those mint condition, too. Damn. I absolutely believe yeah. that. <laughs> that's why he declared bankruptcy 10 times so <laughs> that and the octopus yeah. <laughs> that's that's true i'm not making that up there's an octopus and the yeah. shr- there's shrunken heads too there's a lot of stuff so all right oh, so boy. the nick cage superman story obviously he's been really into this for a while um the first time so there's there's basically um the, the backstory of this is there's this movie called superman lives um, which didn't happen, which was going to be a Kevin Smith, Tim Burton, Nicolas Cage, Superman movie. Um, the main thing that most people know about this movie is this photo. I don't know, Chris, if you can pull that photo up. Yep. This photo of Nick Cage in a Superman costume. Um, and uh, can you zoom in at all? Enhance. Zoom enhance. <laughs> I get the room. I just get the room oh feel God, from yeah. this. Uh, and... So it has kind of a bad rap because it looks ridiculous. I mean, looks to me like like someone duct taped the logo on in red. The wig this is looks bad. Like, like this looks like a weird Halloween mugshot. You know, like this yeah. is the wrong end of something terrible. <laughs> and the, the neckline, like, what is going on with this? But it's not real. It's flesh tone latex or something. It's not even like his actual skin. So what, uh, what's that all about? Somebody no. wanted some like cleavage on the Superman costume. They thought that's what was missing. Man cleavage. Man cleave. Uh, and there was a know. story, I don't know, Chris, if you remember this. So we watched a little bit of the documentary, The Death of Superman Lives, which is kind of a behind the scenes story about it. Um, yeah. there, who was the, was the story about like the guy who had that picture in his wallet? Yeah. Remember that, Chris? Uh, uh, the, the, the guy who was working on, uh, another, I think Justice League, and I don't remember who it was, but he had a binder he would keep, and in the binder was this picture. And uh, he was he would every time somebody would talk about Tim Burton, I think is what it was talking about, you know, like Batman and stuff like that. He'd be like, "This is what they would have made." He holds up the picture to say, "Like, oh, this is what would have happened." We're not making that movie, so yeah. And the the photo I think gets a bad rap because it's a bad photo. It's clearly from a costume fitting. Um, there's a lot more footage. I don't know, Chris, if you can bring that up. On main viewer. Uh, a lot more footage of him in the different Superman costumes that I think shows that it, it was pretty well thought out and it probably would have looked well, okay, that looks ridiculous. This is like, <laughs> this was going to be when he was in the birthing chamber or something. Like, you know, they had different stages. Like, the, there was a light up suit where he's supposed to be in some kind of birthing chamber. I don't know. And now he's, uh, it was going to be cool. Well, Major cool. Loki vibes for me. Yeah. 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 This is like the crow Superman. <laughs> <laughs> it was going to be, I think, for the time, probably a cool film. If it was, if it yeah. came out right after Batman Forever or some shit, it might be a cool movie. Yeah, so they're probably trying to get a little darker because, you know, coming off of Val Kilmer and George Clooney, they were yeah. looking for... And I mean, every... I mean, I, I'm not an expert in this, but it feels like a lot of the Superman movies and TV shows and whatever, it's all the same character. And so the idea that making Superman like kind of a bit of a weirdo, I think is fun different you know so like good for them for thinking that i i do like that i i think sometimes you know the kevin smith's superman is probably going to be great nick cage's superman is probably going to be great tim burton's superman is probably going to be great nick cage and kevin smith and nick cage's superman together that sounds like a fucking train wreck yeah <laughs> so so I want to talk, talk, tell you guys, I think you you guys may know this already a little bit, but for the listeners, a little bit of the story about Kevin Smith's involvement in this, um, because it's really funny. Uh, there's a great video of him giving a, a basically a talk at Comic-Con about this movie. So I'm going to try to summarize it relatively quickly. But it all hinges on this guy, John Peters, who is the producer of the movie and just had a very strong artistic vision about what he wanted. Um well, you guys pipe it if I'm forgetting anything. He said he didn't want Superman to fly. He didn't <laughs> want him to wear the suit. And 
there had to be a giant spider in the third act. Those were his big three things to start. Oh, what a horrendous movie. Like, I don't know what happens in it. I don't know who's in it. That sounds awful. I want a lasagna with no meat, no noodles, and no mozzarella. Can All you right. do it? <laughs> Imagine it this way, though. It's like Logan, but for Superman. That could be cool. See, that's exactly what he's describing. Doesn't wear the suit, doesn't fly. I mean, Logan never fly, but he's not Wolverine in that movie. He's just an old man. I would kind of watch that movie. I would watch it now, I think. Yeah. I would watch it now. I think starting superhero genre with Logan would be the weirdest choice. <laughs> yeah, starting it with like the end of a superhero. Like <laughs> old man, Superman. <laughs> Wait, no, that is a thing, though. I had to look this up because I couldn't remember the name of it. Um, there's something called, you guys know what Kingdom Come is? Oh, yeah, I love that book. Love it, love really it. really good. What's that? Oh, I'm trying to remember. Do you remember anything about it, Nate? Because I, I just remember old Superman. So it's a comic that takes place. It's an alternate uh, universe comic, so it's not in the main canon, even though some of the characters have been pulled over. But it's uh, in the future, Superman, like basically all the old guard have all retired, and you have all these new superheroes that are in who, because uh, metahumans have started reproducing, there's way more heroes than there are crimes now. So all they do is fight each other, and they're destroying the world while they fight each other. And, you know, they end up, like, nuking half of America, and Superman has to come out of retirement. Uh, it's a wonderful book, and it's probably the single best-drawn book, like, out there. It's just, it's beautiful. It's a work of art. Every page is just incredible. And, yeah, I, I couldn't recommend it enough. It's a wonderful Superman story. I remember, um, I, mean, I mean, I'm not a huge comic book person, but I remember loving this. This was great. Oh, yeah. I, I should want, read this, then. I think you love it, Chris, if you haven't seen it already. The only old haven't... Superman I've ever seen was in Batman Beyond. Do you remember when old Superman shows up in Batman Beyond? And just starts wrecking people. That was cool. I love, love, love when Superman just lets go. I love yeah. it so much. When he reminds people why he's Superman. When he becomes the Homelander, <laughs> basically. <laughs> <laughs> he goes full Homelander on people. They're like, oh, Superman, don't fuck with him. <laughs> so... So we have, um, so we have this, this whole, this is like the starting point for this, those three things. Right. Um, and so, uh, basically, so Kevin Smith is working with this guy, John Peters, who is interviewed in the documentary, Chris and I watch, and just seems like a real character. Um, and not in a good, like, he seems like a pain in the ass. He seems her. like his house would be, have lots of interesting stuff and he would like really waste a lot of your day telling you <laughs> the history of stuff and. I don't know. Just Always like our old landlord. Yeah. <laughs> Listening to the story, I pictured uh, him as a Bill Hader character the whole time. I just pictured Bill Hader in character doing John Peters, and that's yeah. kind of <laughs> you, you nailed it. <laughs> he looks a little like um, Richard Lewis, like a young Richard, younger Richard Lewis, like that kind of vibe, big poofy hair. He used to. So his his they, they they say this over and over again. Every story about him has this: is that he was Barbara Streisand's hairdresser, and then he just became a movie producer. Bill Hader is Barbara Streisand's hairdresser turned movie producer. Yes. <laughs> Reminder: um, we do we do have to get up tomorrow for a crappy job. So. Oh yeah. yeah. Um, the. Uh, uh, okay, so so the um, the other thing about this this so the script, so uh, there's this whole thing with like a polar bear where he he like uh, he insists that um, there's a um, he insists that there be a polar bear that he fights. Um, there's another thing too where uh, th this was a little bit in the in the Kevin Smith speech where he um, John Peters becomes obsessed with the idea that there needs to be a toy, like everything you know there has to be a toy involved, um, and uh, he wants that robotic assistant to the villain Brainiac to be voiced by Dwight Ewell, who uh, is a, I believe he was in one of the movies, maybe chasing Amy. Amy, I think it was. Yeah. And I don't know if he is gay, but he played a gay character and he wanted basically like an effeminate sounding black robot character. Brainiac? <laughs> no, no, yeah. the, the sidekick. Oh, a sidekick. <laughs> yes. It's, crazy like he wanted a whole army at the fortress of solitude he wanted killer polar bears it's like it's all bananas it's just nuts none of this makes sense uh, 
but it's, it's a- like it reminds me of that episode of the simpsons where he's building the homer you know and we need a big dome and put a giant cup holder it's just it's all nonsense none of this works it but it, for the time he probably just watched either i don't know batman forever or batman and robin and was like there's no rules we can do whatever we want this is insane ah. you know what i mean yep. it's like that's what people want to see so he probably was just pulling shit out of the air but yeah. <laughs> Oh, I'm so glad Christopher Nolan and the X-Men franchise happened. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh. So, so anyway, so they, they, they worked on the script. We're going to do a little, I'm just going to tell you what happens at the end. We're going to do a little dramatic reading of the script to finish this episode up. But um, uh, basically Tim Burton got signed. Originally it was going to be Ben Affleck, a Superman, of course. And mm-hmm. then Tim Burton and Nick Cage signed on and Tim Burton was just like, yeah, we're not doing the script. And he just like, he's like, I'm getting my guy to rewrite it. Um, so they did a bunch of rewrites. They, they, the studio was like this, this script you have is too expensive. So they had it rewritten again. It got pushed, put on hold. Tim Burton eventually quit the project to go um, do Sleepy Hollow. Then they started asking other directors. Uh, Michael Bay was like brought, not, not brought in, but they talked to Michael Bay. Fun fact for Chris, uh, Brett Ratner was supposed to be one of them. He turned this down to be to direct the movie The Family Man, which was one of our movies that ah! watched. But then Brett Ratner like, nah. turned around and did Superman Returns, right? Brett Ratner, uh, yeah, I actually don't know. You guys tell me. I thought Brett Ratner know- did do a Superman movie, right? I think he did. I know he did X Men. Oh, okay. I don't know. I don't know. I might be wrong. Hmm. I don't think he did. Yeah. Okay. Maybe. I don't know. Sorry, guys. We should have our facts for that. A look at the J.J. Abrams, Brett Ratner superhero movie that never, Superman movie that never was. Oh, my God. There's another one. But, so yeah, they they lasted till till the year 2000, then Cage dropped out, and then they, they shopped it to Will Smith, who said no. And then that's it. The movie went away. No, none of the original people involved. It never happened. Wait, they shopped it to Will Smith like there'd be a black Superman? Yeah. Oh, oh. we don't have a Will Smith Superman. That's a that movie. That would have been fun. That would have been then something. God. <laughs> um, so, guys, I think we're going to do a little dramatic reading of the final scene uh, from the Superman movie, the uh, the Kevin Smith version of it. Just, you know no judgment you know you guys you the audience you guys can decide you can see if you think it would have been a good movie or not um yeah the delay is gonna make it weird sorry about that it's okay we'll go we'll go slow just pause we'll just yeah it'll make it more dramatic it will really let the lines just sink in (laughs) they're gonna land uh, we have a comment from the audience. X-Men and Superman Man Returns were a different sex pest. Brian Singer. Thank you, Brendan. Uh, okay. Yeah, but I get all my... That's so confusion. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I get all my uh, weird, awful men confused, so... So, all right. So here's the, just a, this is the end of the movie. We've just defeated the villain. Um, I will do stage directions. Nate will be playing Clark Kent uh, and Chris will be playing Lois Lane. And I'm going to do it in my rugged man voice. I'm not going to do it in the lady. <laughs> or will I? I don't know. I'll, I'll make a decision at the moment. All right. Exterior Daily Planet Building Day. Clark Kent walks out onto the roof where Lois has her arms outstretched, soaking up the sun. He offers her a tube of sunscreen. You might want to apply some sunblock. You look like SPF 14. Pithy to the last. Lois spins into his arms, embracing him tightly. Clark hugs her right back. Pithy, who uses that word anymore? Oh, God. I thought you were really gone. So did I. But I learned a few things. I know what keeps me here. What keeps me doing what I do. What kept me from accepting the great... This is awful. (laughs) It's you, Lois. Superman may look out for everyone, but he doesn't belong to the world. He belongs to you. Lois wells up. And you belong to me. (laughs) I love you, Clark. Never leave me again. I won't, babe. I won't. He embraces her. From now on, I'm going to be... I'm going to try to be more man than super. God damn it. (laughs) Oh, Oh, there's more. Oh, Clark, you're still dwelling on Mount Rushmore? Forget what I said. That was before the maniacal robots from outer space killed you. Wait, wait, wait. You're going to let something small like that alter your opinion? You, Lois Lane? Hard-bitten journalist for the Daily Planet? See, that's one thing you have to learn, Smallville. A woman's allowed to change her mind at any given moment. 
Especially after a bad week. Now kiss me, dead man, before I change my mind. Must you always have the last word? Lois is about to respond, but Clark kisses her instead, and everything goes back to normal in Metropolis. Boo! (laughs) (laughs) It was terrible. Man, Kevin Smith is so bad at writing, you guys. He's so bad at it. (laughs) Oh, Chris, this is a great use of those reactions. I wish they had noises. I got to go up with sounds. For for everyone listening, I am playing Nick Cage's reaction to watching the snuff film from (laughs) 8mm. God, I love that movie. <laughs> I wish I really wish we had some sort of sound for that. I just like there's what, what what should he be saying? I need a foley expert to just foley this like what that would sound like. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> like you know, like something like that. <laughs> uh, oh, yeah, that, yeah. that scene we just read, I can't believe that's uh that's a professional screenwriter. That was that was if I got if I got that in a sketch class, I would send it back to the student and be like, "No, write something better." We should do the whole movie. We should just do it. <laughs> it's, I don't think it's worth our time. Uh, it's not. I want. I'm looking. I'm wondering if somebody's ever done like a real deep dive in it. Like there must be because it's like 21 years old now. There's got to be someone who's really dissected it. Like a fan produced version of this film might exist. Uh, Oh, oh, wow. I'll bet you there's a subreddit. Yeah. <laughs> it could be like when those those kids made the shot for shot, like they make shot for shot remakes of films. It could be that they've shared that it. That Lost Ark is so good. Yeah, that's really good. Have you seen the uh, documentary about it? No, Cause no. Because they got like 95% of the way done with the movie. And they had one, a couple of shots left. That they never got around to filming. Uh, when they all became old men, like old men middle-aged man they uh got back together and finished the movie it's it's on amazon it's free to watch it's a little long but it's definitely worth watching it's it's a cool story <laughs> uh well that'll be the next podcast raiders of the lost <laughs> podcast uh, where we recreate the recreation of raiders of the lost ark shot for shot from zoom without being together i i, I would actually subscribe to that just uh so <laughs> recreators of reator raiders of never mind i got nothing uh, let's uh chris let's pivot over to bingo we're gonna do a quick little check oh in with our yeah bingo board. let's look at that bingo card also i'm just gonna play this animation because i love it bingo. even though we don't have bingo yet <laughs> <laughs> it's a good intro for it right. um so I think I, I looked at this before. So we were, this is a little tricky because we have all these weird cameos and like, we don't really want to give credit. For example, like I feel like there's kind of a heist in um, uh, Teen Titans Go, but I feel like we don't want to give credit for that because Nicolas Cage isn't involved in it. But yeah. I do want to... Yeah. I do want to give us ourselves a little X for both wig and cultural appropriation um, because we have seen one of those at least twice. I think times. Both- like describe uh the cameos fully (laughs) (laughs) and uh the cultural appropriation was uh certainly doubled down on in the grindhouse one i agree with that yeah hold on all right it's right next to it okay all right that brought us a lot closer to bingo it certainly did once again if we get if we had watched uh vampire's kiss after this one bingo instant bingo twice we would have gotten a fork yeah, that's true. So we're uh, we're getting there. Um, I still think maybe our choice to include underwater scuba propeller was uh, <laughs> shooting us in the foot. It's gonna pay really, off so hard. It's gonna pay off so hard. <laughs> when it comes back, we're gonna friggin' scream and jump, and it's gonna be like yeah. we're gonna be so excited. All right, so. Nate, tell us a little about about your podcast. Anything else going on that you want to promote? Yeah. Uh, So my roommate and I, we have a couple shows. We do uh, 91 Donkey Lane. Uh, It's a fully improvised, magical uh, 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 podcast where we play two two heightened versions of ourselves. We're kind of idiotic. And we live in an apartment that is magical. Um, and we just explore the minutia of that world. So, for example, we had on one episode, we had a, a ghost hunter who was sexually attracted to ghosts. And we just talked to him for a while. You know, on another one, we had a, a, a little toy that had come to life. So it's just 
it's a fun, dumb podcast. You can find it everywhere you can find podcasts. It's really short. It's only 20 minutes. So it's it's a good one for a little drive to the store. And then on Mondays here on Twitch TV, we stream Poof, the magical game show. It's a game show that's not a game show and nothing matters. And it's really fun. And that's uh, Twitch TV.2MB Studios? Uh, 2MB, yes. I'm sorry. Awesome. That's Very great. Cool. And you said uh, what, Monday, 9 p.m.? Uh, Monday at... 8 p.m. Eastern. 8 p.m. Eastern. Yeah. Cool. Very cool. Yep. All right. Well, let's check that out. Um, yeah. Oh, it's so fun. That, that, yeah. Um, and we've got... Yeah, so we've got another show next week. Um, this will be interesting. So our guest is uh, D. Heller. He's going to be doing Season of the Witch. I'm very excited to have him because he has seen every Nicolas Cage movie uh, already. However, I hope, I D., this is not oversharing too much about your personal life, but he just sent me an email. He thinks his wife may be giving birth between now and our recording. So we... <laughs> So it's going to be are really not- sad. He's going to have to miss the birth of his child, but that's a, those are the you breaks. <laughs> if you have so- pre- <laughs> appointments, you have appointments. Yeah, I mean, uh, Nick Cage would never break commitment. So, <laughs> <laughs> so we uh, we may or may not have him on this show next week. We will uh, post something either way to promo it. Um, yeah. But we will be back next week, and uh, we will have ID on eventually anyway uh, because we want to pick his brain about all his thoughts about having accomplished the mission that we are already seeking to do ourselves. All right. And that's it. That's our wow. show. Thank you so much, Nate. It was great having you. Um, appreciate you uh, being uh, willing to go through this like weird format and digging all these weird cameos and stuff so oh i loved it i loved it that was this is super fun you guys are you guys have a great show and i really oh. like uh really like the project honestly i think this is great we're slowly driving ourselves insane yeah <laughs> if, once covid's <laughs> over i don't know <laughs> once i can go outside again i don't know if this will be this is on our my 18th priority episode, list. 18th movie oh. anyway well, once well. you're a slug that's 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 it for me yeah we uh we'll see you guys all next week have Have a a good good one everybody Bye 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 unlocking the cage is produced by the manager special music by will janetta check out our other shows as well as sketches, animation, and short films at managerscomedy.com. 